Welcome to chapel at Calvin University, where we grow to love God and love people. I'm your host, Paul Ryan, worship pastor at Calvin University. Today in chapel, Pastor Mary Holst continues her series on the I Am Statements of Jesus. She preaches on John 10, 11 through 21, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Pastor Mary asks, how can sheep defend themselves? From whom does Jesus protect his flock? Let's listen together. Friends, we're continuing in John 10. Uh, The black books around you are the Bibles. John 10, page 872. We'll be to read at verse 11 and read through verse 21. You're welcome to use a Bible app if you would like. John 10, verses 11 through 21. This is Jesus continuing the talk that he started last week, that we looked at last week about being the gate. He says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. I've received this command from my Father. Again, the Jews were divided because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and is out of his mind. Why listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is the word of the Lord. In case you didn't know this, sheep do not have claws. They do not have fangs. Unlike a moose or a deer, if you threaten a sheep, it doesn't get up on its back legs and claw you with the hooves. When a sheep is threatened, its biggest defense mechanism is to run away, run away. That's what it can do. Sheep are essentially defenseless. They don't have a lot. If you really tick off a ram, the ram may headbutt you. There are videos of this on YouTube. I have done research. But by and large, sheep are pretty defenseless. Animals like to prey on sheep because they are essentially defenseless. Jesus knows this. He says, look, if the hired hand takes off and the wolf comes in, the wolf is going to do what the wolf's going to do. Because the sheep are essentially on their own. And so are we. You did notice, right, in this text that we're the sheep. We're the vulnerable ones. We're the defenseless ones. And if we're honest, we don't really like that very much because we like to be seen as capable and self-sufficient. We know what the defense things are. We can do a threat assessment. We know danger when we see it. We drive defensively. We download all the antivirus software. We have identity theft protection on our bank accounts. We lock the doors at night. 
we're pretty sure we're well defended, which is a big part of our problem because we're actually ignoring the biggest threat of all. The biggest threat is not having your phone swiped or your identity stolen. The biggest threat, as we learn about from Peter in 1 Peter 5, is he says, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's our biggest threat. And do you notice how it kind of, Peter kind of takes it up like first it's a wolf and now he's like, no, it's like a lion. Like it's serious. We are threatened. Our lives are in danger. Our biggest threat is the devil himself. Screwtape Letters is a book in which, uh, imaginary, one demon who is learning the ropes writes to his uncle, a demon who's been around for a while, for advice on how to lead his human astray. And he really wants to go big. He wants to, you know, throw things at him. And his uncle's like, no, 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 no. Let's try a little more subtlety. And this is what his uncle says. Like all young tempters, you're anxious to be able to report spectacular wickedness. But do remember, the only thing that matters is the extent to which you can separate the man from the enemy. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into the nothing. Murder is no better than gambling, if gambling can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is a gradual one. The gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. So the uncle tells his nephew, this is what I got to do. When they're sitting in worship, you just have them notice how they're sitting next to people who are hypocrites. And when, they're with, when he's with his mom, have him notice how her eyebrow goes up all the time and how annoying that is. Help him to avoid anybody who challenges him. Help him keep his prayer life superficial. Anything to gradually build up the space between the human and God. To separate him from the herd. To keep him away from the shepherd. A small sin will do just fine. You skip church one Sunday because you're really tired. And then you do it again a few weeks later. And then the weather's bad. And then you have a cold. And then you just don't want to. The paper is due at midnight. For some reason beyond my understanding. The paper is due at midnight. It's 11.17 p.m. You got nothing. You're staring at a blank screen and a blinking cursor. And think, I can just use chat GPT this one time, just this one time. So you put in the prompt and the magic reveals itself and you think, well, it's not an A paper and probably some facts are wrong, but the paper is in and I can go out. Why do I work so hard? That was so easy. If you bet $5, they will give you 50 it's like they are giving money away. So you think, I'm just going to bet on whether or not Gronk makes the kick. 
And then they offer you more money, so you bet that the Chiefs are going to win. And then you bet on the number of completions. And then you bet on the weather. And then you bet on the color of Taylor Swift's lipstick. (laughs) And before you know it, you have risked a month's salary on something you cannot control. It does not matter how small the sins are provided their cumulative effect is to edge the human away from the light and out into the nothing. Do you see how desperately we need a shepherd? Someone to stand between us and danger? Someone to tell us when the threat is there? Someone to put his body between us and death itself? That's the job of a shepherd. You may remember last fall when we looked at the life of David, that David bragged up his shepherding skills to Saul so that Saul would let him go and fight Goliath. David said this, I used to keep sheep for my dad, and whenever a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after it. I struck it down rescued the lamb from its mouth, and if it turned against me, I'd take it by the jaw, strike it, and kill it. That was his job. Protect the sheep. Go toward the danger. Stand in the gap. Now, everybody Jesus is talking to here in John 10 knew that David was a shepherd. They knew Also, that God had promised a new shepherd. That God had promised the Messiah. In the book of Ezekiel, there's a prophecy where God says this, I'll set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. God is talking about the Messiah. The Messiah is the one who's going to come and feed them and take care of them and protect them. The Messiah will be their shepherd. And Jesus stands up and he says, I am the good shepherd. It's me. Hi, I'm the shepherd. It's me. Thank you. Do you realize what he's saying in this moment? Do you realize why they say he's crazy? He's out of his mind? Because he goes on to say, I lay my life down in order to take it up again. I lay it down in my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up. The Father loves me because I lay it down in order to take it up. Which does sound crazy. That sounds like a riddle. And so the Jews are listening in and they're like, this guy's gone round the bend. We got to stop. This guy's nuts. Because it does sound nuts. It sounds absolutely nuts. Why on earth would the Messiah, the chosen, the Son of God, the Good Shepherd, why would he lay his life down for sheep? Why? Did you notice here in the text that he says, my father loves me because I lay down my life for the sheep. 
You see, Jesus is saying here that it is love. It's the love of the Father to him and the love that he gets to extend to others that he says, I am willing to lay down my life for you. I'm willing to stand between you and sin. I'm willing to stand between you and danger. I will stand between you and death. And in fact, I will take death out. Why on earth would the Messiah do this? Because this is the only way the threat is neutralized. This is the only way the prowling lion is killed. This is the only way the wolf runs away. Because the Messiah steps in and says, not on my watch. These are my sheep. These are my sheep. And I love them. And I will not let hell itself Snatch one of them away. That's how much he loves you. He loves you. Crazy in love with you. And the father celebrates that. He's like, we're so in love with these sheep. These crazy, smelly sheep that run around. We just love them so much that if any threat comes in, God's like, "Uh uh-uh, no, mm mm-mm, no, no, no. I have the power to lay my life down and I have the power to take it up again. Jesus is talking about not only his death, but his resurrection. He's talking not only about bleeding for us, he's talking about rising for us. Not only being broken for us, but being healed and restored for us so that we too can be healed and restored. So that we too can lean into new life. So that we too can have hope and stand against the enemy and say, not today, Satan, because I've got my good shepherd. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Will you pray with me? Jesus, our good shepherd, we praise you for being the one who stands in the gap, for being the one who calls us away from sin. We pray, Holy Spirit, that we Know your voice, that we can hear it clearly above all the siren calls of the world so that we can turn away and follow you. We thank you, Jesus, that you lay down your life and you take it up again, that we have hope because of you. Use that hope today to move us from death to life. And we pray this in the name of our shepherd. Amen. Will you rise in body or in spirit to receive the blessing? Beloved in Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Chapel at Calvin University. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to follow us and share this episode with a friend. Until next week, in the power of the Spirit, love God and love people.